Good evening. Y'all are the few and the brave that got out tonight in the rain and the storms and the snow and the ice and the blizzards. I don't know if it's doing all that outside, but it was raining when I got here. So, hey, thank you for coming out tonight and being in the house of the Lord. We're going to get started. Uh, I think they about got, I, don't, I think they're still working on the computer. Gary Cook did a hit and run a while ago. He went back there and hit every button on it and ran. So y'all give him a hard time about that after church because they had to call Ethan to get it fixed. I don't know, they left the sound booth, so hopefully it'll work. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Anyway, stand with me this evening. Well, wait, 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 before you jump up, a couple of announcements. I'll give them a second to do that. I do have a couple of things here. Uh, next Sunday evening is senior night, uh, graduate night, and so we're going to honor our graduates. We've got three high school graduates and a bunch of college kids, and so we're going to honor them next Sunday night. So uh, there's a list in the bulletins, and there's some more on the counter out there if you didn't get a bulletin this morning. Uh, so... Uh, we're, we're just going to honor them. It's a special time for them. And uh, I remember when I graduated a few years ago, just a couple of years ago. And so they're, they're getting ready for life, so we want to honor them. Uh, also, Primetimers Cookout is this Saturday uh, in the pavilion down there, and hopefully there'll be a lot better weather than there is tonight. Although, thank the Lord for the rain. Man, we're enjoying the rain because we needed it. But, uh, and there's a sign-up sheet out there, so if you're going to bring something, or if you, I think there's what the things that they need, so uh, sign up and, and be there for that. That'll be a good time uh, next Saturday. And then uh, we're doing softball. Uh, we're trying to put together, or we're, we're not trying to put together, we're seeing if we have enough interest in doing a team to join the league in Ardmore to do softball this summer. Um, and if not, we'll just go play around and have some fun with it. But um, if you know somebody or if you want to come uh, play softball with us or uh, maybe just watch us and support us. Uh, some of us feel like we're still younger than we actually are. <laughs> so if nothing else, we may need some help carrying some of us off of the field when we get out there and try to run like we're, you know, 20 again and we're not. So... But uh, we, we had talked about meeting today and going out in the field and seeing how much interest. But with the storms, we put it off till next week. So about 2 o'clock next Sunday afternoon, we're going to kind of meet out there and hit, hit a few balls and see uh, how, if we got enough interest to do that or not. So um, there is a sign-up form out there if you, if you want to put your name or if you maybe got a, uh, somebody that you know that's really interested in that. We, we hear pastors say that the reason he got in church and got saved is because he wanted to play on the softball team and they required them to come to church to be on the team. And so maybe you know somebody that would come to play softball and they could come to church because we say, well, you really need to be coming to church if you're going to play softball with us. That's supposed to be a church league rule. You know, we're supposed to have church people in a church league. And so, but that's a good opportunity to reach somebody and say, hey, you like to play softball, come be on our softball team. And, uh, and then they'll get in church and maybe, you know, what happened to pastor, we'll see happen to some more. And so we're excited about that. But stand with us. We're going to open in prayer. I think they've got it. They're all back there again. So I think they've got everything ready to go. So. If not, we'll just make up the words to the songs. Nobody will know. So. All right, let's open in prayer this evening. Father, we love you, Lord. We just praise you tonight as we come into your house, Lord. We just glorify you, Lord, once again. We thank you for the service this morning. We thank you for your presence, for the anointing that we felt this morning, Lord. And we pray tonight that that anointing, the, the Holy Spirit anointing, would just continue to flow tonight, Lord, as we worship you, as we, as we look to your word tonight, Father. We pray that you just move and stir within us, Lord. Just move mightily. God, let your Holy Spirit rain down as the rains are falling outside, Lord. Let it fall in here tonight, Lord. We glorify you, we praise you, and we exalt you in the name of Jesus.
even when I'm in the roughest waters, I won't go under, I won't drown. And when I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down. And when I'm broken and down to nothing, I know that you are always up to something good. I know that you are always up to something good. You'll make a way whatever it takes. There's nothing your love won't endure. I know that you are always up to something good. And even through the deepest valley, you go before me, you are here. For I know you'll never leave me. Your love surrounds me, I won't fear. And when I'm broken and down to nothing, I know that you are always up to something good. I know that you are always up to something good. You'll make a way whatever it takes. There's nothing you'll The darkest night, you are on my side. You're always faithful through my fear and doubt. You will lead me out. You're always able through the darkest night. You are on my side. You're always faithful through my fear and doubt. You will lead me out. You're always Father, we thank you tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place, God. Father, we thank you for the rain. God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit and the anointing that it brings with it, Father. Father, use us tonight, God. Father, just fill us with your anointing to overflowing, Lord. Father, leave nothing out. In Jesus' name, amen. They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. 
But they don't know you like we do There is power in your We've heard that there is no way through We've heard this tide will never change They haven't seen what you can do There is power in your name So much power in your name Still an empty grave. God, we believe no matter what, there is power in your name. So much power in your name. Move the immovable, break the Trust in you, God, you have the final say. We are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you, God, you have the final say. Do it again. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you, God, you have the final say.
for it, Lord. Oh, we believe, we believe for it, Lord. Yes, God, we believe for it. Oh, we believe you, Lord. Oh, Father, we trust in you. Oh, we trust in you, Lord. hopeless they must have never met my God and some may say it's over but he was finished on the cross and some may say it's broken but the healers in the room and some may say it's hopeless but I know God's about to move yes, God's about to move There's a miracle in the works yes, God. I can feel it Oh, there's there's revival in the church, and I believe it. And some may see an ocean, but it's made a highway through. And some may see a mountain, but we've seen a mountain move. Some may see a graveyard, but we've seen his empty tomb. Some may see a battle, but I know there's a miracle in the worst. Oh, yes. I can feel it. of God come breathe again like the dry bones started shaking all that died will live again oh the miracle you're making the beginning not the end eternity is waiting to see your church alive again reignite us reawaken breath of God come breathe again like the dry bones started shaking, all that died will live again. Oh, the miracle you're making, the beginning. 
a miracle in the works man how many of you here tonight you say i could use a miracle i could use a, i could use a move of god hey if, if that's you hey lift your hand up i want to do this somebody find somebody's got their hand up let's just lay hand on let's just claim it right now we can sing that song you move out of your seats go find somebody that's got their hand up if you need a word if you need a move of god you need a work of god in your life right now Let's just, let's pray for each other. Let's, let's just lift him up. Lord, we claim that promise right now. God, there's a miracle in the works. Lord, there's a move right now, God, flowing across this church. Lord, there's a move right now in each of these people's lives. God, whatever they need, Lord, whatever miracle, whatever touch from you they need right now, God, we claim it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's not enough just to stand and sing a song, but Lord, we stand on your promises that said we are healed. God, we're delivered, Lord, and we claim that in the name of Jesus right now. God, move in a mighty way. There's a revival, Lord, that's moving. Lord, there's a miracle, God, in your church, and we praise you right now for it. We love you. We glorify you right now, Lord. We give you praise and honor, Lord, for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him a hand clap today. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. This evening, you probably noticed Pastor's not here, and uh, he, he and Sister Vonda went on up to, uh, they got, we got district council tomorrow and Tuesday, and uh, it's in um, uh, uh, Broken Arrow. I'll get it right here in a minute. It's at the, the church in Broken Arrow, and so uh, they went on up. I think Sister Vonda's got meeting early in the morning with the women or something that she has to go do, so they went up to stay the night tonight. And uh, Ethan and Keisha went up there as well. They're getting ready for it. And, and so they left me here to, to fill in tonight. So you, I don't know if you, that's good or bad, but it's what you get. So my wife's leaving. I guess she didn't want that. I'm just kidding. She's getting ready. 
Listen, a couple weeks ago, we took a bunch of teenagers to fine arts, and they did an awesome job. We know Ethan there. He did stand-up comedy and, and received an invitation to Nationals. Our human video group received an invitation to Nationals, and we're super proud of them. Uh, but fine arts is, is a, it's kind of a, it's, it's a little bit of a competition. We don't like to think of it as competition, but it basically is. They, they, get to, they don't compete against other students. They compete against themselves. If they receive a high enough score, they get invited to go to the National Fine Arts. Um, but it's, it's taking their ministry skills and, 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 and the gifts that God's given them and helping them develop that so that when they are grown, they can continue to minister through uh, all these areas. There's so many areas that they do at Fine Arts and so many different things um, that we're trying to train young people to be uh, as, as adults to, to continue those ministry. And, 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 you know, even today there's computers that we didn't have when I was a kid, but that's part of it as well. It, it's, they try to do anything you can do. Uh, for instance, this stuff on the screen, they teach, you know, if you're good at designing computer graphics and all that, anything, t-shirt design, uh, and obviously singing and ministering the word and spoken word and, and, and even a short sermon. But so we're proud of our students for doing that. Um, so fine arts is the middle school and high school where they, they get to go to that. Fun arts in the state of Oklahoma, our Oklahoma district, Oklahoma Children's Ministries has a program called fun arts and they, uh, it's for the, the younger kids. Now, they don't get invited to national. They don't have a national for them. But basically, it's preparing them in their ministry skills to move up to the older level in fine arts. And then again, as I said, that prepares them to minister as adults. And so this Saturday, uh, we're going to fun arts. Um, we only have one student that's going, and it's Cambria. And she, she is performing a song. She's singing in ministry and song, and also she's doing a drawing. Uh, and and she, basically, she does a pencil drawing and turns it in. And, and they, they, they don't necessarily score the little kids, but they give them some critique to help them. And so the, basically, at that age, they all get a certificate, and it helps them prepare for later in their life. And so I asked Cambria, since she's going to sing this Saturday, and those of you that are, uh, well, all of you, not just those of you, but all of you this Saturday, remember her in prayer as she goes. I think her, I think she actually sings at one, around 1 o'clock. So um, just remember her as she goes. Um, she's 10 years old. And when I was 10, listen, you don't want to hear me sing now. You sure didn't want to hear me sing when I was 10. When I was 10 years old in church, uh, my mama was the associate pastor, and somebody went to a pawn shop and paid $100 for a drum set, and they paid about $95 too much because it was a piece of junk, and they put it up on a stage in that little small country church that my mama was associate pastor at, and they said, you get up here and play. And I beat them drums like they was, like, you know, like I was the best drummer in the world. But you wouldn't want to hear me sing, but Cambria's 10. And so she's going to go sing in front. Now, she's nervous about singing in front of you guys tonight. She knows most of you. So she's going to be nervous. So remember, say a prayer for her Saturday. But come on up, Cam. And uh, she's going to sing for us. I'm heading down this narrow road. Chosen by a few And all that I know is You told me to follow you I'm taking a risk and leaving it all Not knowing what I'll go through But I'm not alone as long as I follow you So when my life's a leap of faith 
I can hear you say, well done, well done. I'm gonna chase you, Lord, I'm gonna show the world your love, oh, I'll run, I'll run. I'm gonna run this race to hear you say, well done. People walk with me, talk with me, looking for truth. They're gonna find out soon. If they're following me, then they're gonna follow you. So let my life speak loud and clear. Lord, I wanna hear, well done. Well done. I'm gonna chase you, Lord. I'm gonna show the world your love. Whoa, I'll run. I'll run. I'm gonna run this race to hear you say, well done. I'm so glad that I get to serve you, Lord. You're the only one I'm living for. Whoa, I'm gonna run straight into your open arms. I'm gonna follow you with my whole heart. Whoa, whoa, well done, well done. I'm gonna chase you, Lord, I'm gonna show the world your love, whoa, I'll run, I'll run. I'm gonna run this race to hear you say, well done. I'm gonna run this race to hear you say, well done. I'm gonna run this race to hear you say, well done. Well done. Well done. Very well done. All right. So I can find some notes here. Um, somebody said your, your in-laws are here. Jill's parents are here. And they said they must just come to hear you preach. And I said, yeah. That's why they were here. They probably didn't even know I was preaching. I said, I'll have to change my mother-in-law jokes. I can't tell my. It's all right. Hey, this morning, pastor said something, and I, I, can't, I can't pass it up. I mean, I have an opportunity to say something about it. As, as he was reading about the Lord told Samuel to go and anoint David, he said uh, the Lord told him to take that heifer. The word says take a heifer, and pastor read it and said that heifer, and I know he got a lot of men in trouble because uh, a lot of men looked at their wives when he said that. I didn't look at my wife. I wouldn't do that. Not admit it anyway. 
But it reminded me of a story that I'd heard a, week, a, a few weeks ago. I, I read it actually about a, an old farmer that had a wife, and she just nagged him all the time. Nag, 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 nag. I mean, just constant nagging. And said one day that he went out to plow a field, and he had his mule and pulling the plow, and, and she brought him lunch out, and so he unhooked the mule and took it over, and they went over in the shade so he could eat his lunch, and he was sitting there and, and uh, got to eating his lunch. She started in nagging on him and just nag, 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 and after a little while, that mule jumped up and kicked her right in the head and killed her. A few days later, at, at the, her funeral, the minister was sitting over watching and kind of observing, and, and uh, he, he, he got to noticing that every time a, a lady would walk up and say something to the old farmer, he'd shake his head yes, and said a man would walk up and say something, he'd shake his head no. And so he's kind of curious what it was. It seemed like everyone that went through was like that. So he, he pulled, him, pulled the farmer aside and asked him what was going on. The farmer said, well, you know, the ladies will walk up and they'll say, well, she really looks beautiful or something like that. And he'll say, yes, yes, she did. And then the husband will walk up and say, you wouldn't happen to want to sell that mule, would you? <laughs> so it didn't have anything to do with my sermon. I just thought it was funny and thought about it when he's talking about taking that heifer. But anyway, on a more serious note, so tonight I'm going to, uh, tonight the title of my message is Jesus on the Main Line, and I found a, found a picture there. Some of you will know what that is. If I took this to the teenagers, they'd be like, I don't know what that thing is hanging down there. But you know the old song, Jesus on the Main Line, tell him what you want, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. We do, every now and then in youth, we'll do, we'll throw in an old song like that, just, you know, because here's the deal, you and I know that's an old song. They don't have a clue about that song. To them, it's a brand new song. So we throw one in like that every now and then just for, just for entertainment value. And, uh, but we changed it a little bit, and we sang it like this. We said, Jesus on the cell phone, text him what you want. And so it worked. They thought it was cool. That's a new song. It's awesome. And so, but, but you and I know that song. We've sang that song. I looked in our hymnal. It's, it's not in our hymnal. I don't know if it was a, in any of the hymnals, but uh, I thought it might be in the hymnal. I was going to sing it tonight, but it's not in the hymnal, so we won't do that. But, but we all know that song, Jesus on the Main Line. Tell him what you want. Call him up. Now, some of you remember main lines. That's different. I didn't have a main line when I was a kid. We had, we had to dial but some of you can remember when you picked up and you had that, what what they call it, a party line where, you know, they were, you, could, you had, to, I mean, you could listen in on other people. I heard stories about those where you could sit there and listen to what everybody else was talking about. And sometimes somebody get to gabbing a lot and you had to wait till they got off before you could make a call. And, and so fortunately, I don't, wasn't, I'm not quite to that point. But I do remember that big old ugly orange phone that hung on the wall that had a cord that reached from here to the other end of the church. And it was funny because my sister would always carry it to her room and talking on it, and I'd get tired of it, and I could either turn the phone off or just unplug the cord, and she'd be done. Of course, I didn't have the receiver, so I couldn't make a phone call, but I could definitely end hers. So, but we know that song, Jesus on the Main Line, tell him what you want. And, and, and we know that song, you know, you need Jesus, you need something from Jesus, there's a miracle, God's got miracles for us, he's got moves for us, he's got promises for us, everything is, I mean, he, he's ready and waiting and he's on the main line, but I want to I wanna, I wanna talk to you tonight for just for a minute about Jesus, I don't believe is on the main line, I believe Jesus is the main line. 
And I know the song is a cute song, and it makes sense to those that know what the main line is and what a telephone line is. But I believe sometimes we treat Jesus as if he's on the main line. But I want to tell you tonight, it's not, he's not the, on the main line. He is the main line. In John 15, 5, Jesus said, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you, Lord. I thank you for your presence that we felt here tonight. I thank you for the Holy Spirit's move, the anointing, Lord, that's on this place tonight. And God, I pray, Lord, as we look to your word and we, we, we look to you are the main vine. You are the main line, Lord. If we just get attached to you, if we stay with you, Lord, we can do all things. Lord, the Bible says all things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you'd move tonight in a mighty way. God, let your word be spoken tonight, not mine, Lord. We love you. We glorify you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to go back and read that entire passage right there in John chapter 15. So if you, if you have your Bible and you want to look at that with me, I, I really love this passage. I believe it's something that uh, we, we sometimes forget and we, we feel like God, oh, I can call him up anytime, and, and, but, but it's, it shouldn't be just any time. It should be all the time. But let's look at John 15 verses 1 through 8. It says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you cannot do it. You, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. And this brings great glory to my father. And so... Just for a little bit tonight, I want to talk about that relationship between us and Jesus. As Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Now, we've heard this song since we're little bitty kids, and we've sing that song. He is the vine, and we are the branches. His glory over his banner over me is love, something like that. I knew somebody would remember it. But we sing that song, and we teach our kids that song, and we teach them. And, and I know down in kids' church, Miss Courtney, I've seen her teach that, you know, they the use a vine, for example, and how we're branch out from him. And, 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 it, and it's such a, such a powerful thing to think about. But sometimes in life, we get away from it. And, and although we, we know that scripture by heart, we know the song, but again, we kind of get to that point where we, where we feel like, well, you know, Jesus is there when I need him. He's on the main line. And when I need him, I can go to him. And when I need a healing, I can call upon him. When I need a, a deliverance, when I need financial something, when I need, you know, when I'm depressed and lonely, I can call him. When, when, when something is going wrong, he's there and I can call on him because he's on the main line. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus says, I am the vine you are the branches. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. The first thing that kind of stands out in this passage to me that, that really jumps out at me when I look at this is, is, is that it's not enough to just look good. Now, pastor kids me. He says every time I get up here, I talk about how good looking I am. 
Some things you don't have to say, but I like to say it anyway. But a lot of people, and you know this is, this, I'm teaching this Sunday, I'm preaching a Sunday night crowd here, okay? I have to teach this to the youth. I shouldn't have to preach this to you because you should know it. But a lot of people like to come to church to look good. They come to church for a few reasons. It's Easter, and it's the time you go to church. It's Christmas, and it's time to go to church. It's Mother's Day or Father's Day, and they keep bugging us. You guys know as well as I do, we bug our kids. Hey, come to church. It's Father's Day. You need to come see me at church. I'm the pastor, you know, or something like that. You know, even the pastor has to bug their kids sometimes. Come to church, you know. And so um, it's something that you need to come to church. And so they come to church for that. Other times they come to church when they have a need. You know, it's interesting that during a time of peace, church attendance drops. And during wartime, everybody's in church. I've heard this all my life that when um, the rapture takes place, every church house will be filled. Because people will run to the church. But it's too late. And so I know that a lot of people like to come to church to look good. And man, we get up on Sunday morning and, and, and we get dressed up. And you know, I... A lot's changed in my life, and some of you are, are, you know, a little older than me, and some of you, you I tell the youth this, they don't understand this because they're just kids, but a lot's changed in in through life. The way people dress at church has changed a lot. I used to say people get dressed up for church, and it doesn't seem that way anymore. Seems like we just get up and throw the same thing we've had on all week on. We get up and like, you know, the guy, it smells all right, I'll wear it to church. I think some, some of them teenagers down there, they go, well, it doesn't smell very good, but I'll wear it to youth anyway. That's why we have deodorant in the bathrooms and good smelling stuff. But, but we dress up, we get all fixed up for church, we fix our hair, we, you know, we want to look nice for church. We go to church and we look nice. See, this is what I call the flower effect. Because flowers are pretty, right? It's that time of year the flowers are starting to bloom, to bloom. To bloom. I stood out here the other day and I talked to Sandy and, and uh, she does our, our flowers and our, and our plants out here and they're, they're beautiful and they're starting to grow and they're starting to look really nice and she had a bag of sugar out there and I thought, what in the world is she doing? And she taught, I'm not going to go into how the, the, what all she told me it does, but she was putting sugar on the ground in the flower bed and I'd never heard of that. She says she's feeding the worms. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, <laughs> okay. But it's that time of year when the flowers are getting beautiful and it looks really pretty and I like flowers and we plant flowers and, and every year we go buy more flowers and we put them out and Jill, Jill's, we, we have that relationship where I'm like, let's go buy more. And she's like, you got this amount of money to spend. And I'm like, well, I, can't, I can't fill the yard up with flowers with that. And so, but anyway, <clears throat> but I love flowers and I love planting them. I love, I love the way they look and our tulips have just wilted and I'm ready to pull them out. And, but, you know, we can't pull them out just yet. But I love flowers. Flowers are so pretty. But we also have this little area that we've designated for a vegetable garden. And we, it's a raised bed. We don't have a big yard. We don't have a lot of land. But we, we, this one, like the one area in our yard that has sun on it that the sun actually shines on most of the day, we put a, a, a raised flower bed there. It's probably the only place that grass would grow too. But we put a, 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 a vegetable bed there. And so I want to grow <clears throat> vegetables. <clears throat> a couple years ago, we put some squash plants in there. Because I love fried squash. You can tell by looking at me, I love fried anything. But I really love fried squash and zucchini and okra. And we don't put corn and green beans. We put fried stuff. Okay? 
and, and some tomatoes and peppers for the salsa to go with the fried stuff, you know. And so, but, but we put some squash plants in the ground. And they grew and they made these big giant uh, leaves and they were beautiful plants. I mean, just, just filled up the bed. They were flowing over and I had to be careful mowing around it. And, and, and it, was, it was great and they looked wonderful. And they put these big yellow flowers out and I thought, man, we're going to have some good squash. Didn't make one squash. Now, here's the thing. Them flowers were, were beautiful. They were pretty. But I can't pick that flower and take it inside and batter it and throw it in some grease and fry it up and eat it. I mean, I could, but it's not going to taste good. Okay. You can take that flour inside and fry it, but it don't taste like fried squash. I'll tell you something. You can eat flowers all you want. I, I'm not that. I want squash and okra and zucchini to go with my potatoes and my steak, okay? I don't eat flowers, I, anyway. But flowers, <laughs> it was really beautiful, but guess what? I didn't plant those squash plants to grow flowers. I planted them to produce squash. That's what I wanted. My mouth was watering. I was ready to go. Now, now you know there's reasons it didn't make squash, and I was told them, and I tried it. I was out there with a Q-tip dipping in this flower and putting it in that flower and doing it. But ultimately, it didn't make any squash for whatever reason. Big, beautiful flowers, but it didn't make any squash. You see, I have lots of plants that make pretty flowers, and that's what they're there for. That's the purpose of them is to make pretty flowers and to look pretty. But when I plant squash, I want to get squash, okay? I don't plant them for just the flower. You know what? Jesus didn't come and give his life for us to stand here and look good. God didn't call you to look pretty, as pretty as you are. God didn't call you to just look pretty. God called you to produce fruit, okay? And that's why he says that I'm the vine and you're the branches, and when you abide in me, you will produce fruit. And I believe there's a lot of Christians, they're not interested in producing fruit. They're interested in just looking good. And see, so when it's rainy and stormy and, and, and the weather's not nice, boy, that recliner sure is comfortable and there's probably a ball game on or something. There's usually something, some reason to keep us to going to church. And, you know, and, and that's where we're not interested in producing fruit. Sometimes we're just interested in, in staying at home. Sometimes that lake when the summer's nice, boy, we get It's the difference between producing a beautiful flower and producing fruit. Uh, we watched a movie that day, and, and there, was, there was a saying on it that said, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? And so I, I tell the teenagers, is, when Jesus comes back, do you, want to see, do you want him to find you sleeping instead of going to church? When Jesus comes back, do you, want to hear, do you want him to hear the language that's coming out of your mouth? And so sometimes we, we want to look good and pretty, but we don't necessarily want to produce fruit. Now, producing fruit is something that we are purposed for, and when we don't fulfill that purpose, God tells us what he's going to do. See, that squash plant did me no good. It just took up space and a lot of space because it grew really big. Like I said, it had big leaves. It had big, beautiful flowers. It took up a lot of room. It flowed over out of, out of the little garden bed into the yard. I had to be careful mowing and everything. And it took up all that space, but I didn't get any squash off of it. It was wasted space. And it was just as well to be pulled out of the ground and thrown away as it was to be in my vegetable garden. Because I could have been doing something else there. I could have put peppers or something else there that would have produced. And so when we are not producing fruit, 
and we're just making pretty flowers. This is what the Lord says in verse 5. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And in verse 6, he goes on, he says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch that withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. See, we have to be careful and abide in Jesus so that we produce fruit. Because so many times we can look like a Christian. We can look like we're, we're, we're connected with Jesus and we're not really. But God knows the difference. God can tell by looking at us. And so it's not just enough to look good. It's not just enough to be a pretty flower. We have to produce fruit. And we have to stay connected to Jesus. And the, the, the second thing that kind of jumps out at me here is that we need to stay connected to Jesus. And we need to know how to stay connected to Jesus. Because it's so easy to, to come to church and, and, get, and get in and say, well, I really get in the altar and I really get in the worship. But then when we leave here, sometimes we leave that whole experience with us. This is the biggest problem I deal with with teenagers. Man, they want to come on Wednesday night. We have a good time. We have fun. We do things to attract them. And we have worship. And the best compliment I ever received was there was a teenager told me one time, he said, I like coming to your youth group as opposed to some of the others because you do worship. Because you sing. Not just any songs, but you do worship. And it says, he says, I feel God when I'm there. I feel peace when I'm there. And I know that kid well enough to know that's probably the only time in his life that he ever experiences peace because of his family life. Matter of fact, he, he doesn't even live here anymore because of situation with his family. And so we, 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 we try to do that to kids, but the biggest problem we have with kids is they come in on Wednesday and, and, and man, they get excited, they get pumped up, and I'm able to share the word of God with them. I'm able to share Jesus with them. Something we've started doing is we've taught them how to journal, and we like to end a lot of services. We, we just, we, we'll have some altar time, but then we'll say, okay, grab your Bibles and grab your journal. And I give them a passage that kind of goes along with what we were talking about. And they take time and they go find a place and they read that passage and they sit there and they write about what they've read. Some of them aren't the best at it. And I, I don't read their journals, but I can tell when they're writing. Some of them just spend time doodling. But some of them you can tell they're really getting into the word. And they're really writing their feelings and their emotions. And this helps them because what they're journaling is what they're actually speaking out. And God's seeing what they're writing. It's, it's, it's hard for us to relate sometimes to God. But when they write it down, what they're thinking and their thoughts and what they've read, it helps them. But the biggest problem I have is that when they leave that night and they don't come back till next Wednesday night... Because their parents don't go to church, so they don't go to church on Sunday. And as much as we try to get them in church, it's not as easy to get them in church. It's to keep them connected to what they're receiving and what they're experiencing on Wednesday night till the next Wednesday night. And sometimes we lose them in that week. And as much as I try to get a hold of them and try to, 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 to make contact with them, sometimes it's out of my reach to get a hold of them. But we have to stay connected to Jesus. And so this is how we stay connected to Jesus. In Colossians chapter 2 Verses 6 through 10, Paul writes to the church of Colossus. He says, and now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Paul tells us to let your roots, your, let your roots grow down deep into Jesus. See, that's so important. It's so important that we don't just have shallow roots. You know, we talk about plants. We've got some plant. 
listen, we planted some, we've got a pathway that goes out to our pool. And it's kind of rough. It's got pavers, but they're kind of rough. And so when the kids run barefooted or when I go barefooted, no, I don't know if the kids are them. When I go barefooted to the pool, it hurts my feet. So I said, I'm going to plant some moss. And so we bought some moss, some of, some of that Irish or Scotch moss, whatever it is, that moss that grows. And we planted it there. And, and we've got a dog that has no sense at all. And he walked up or she walked up and she looked at that. And she thought it was a ball laying there or something to play with. And she grabbed a hold of it and picked it up and chewed on it. <sighs> I just planted it. Matter of fact, I was still planting one down here, and she got to hold the one on that end. See, that moss hadn't had time to grow its roots. It hadn't had time for its roots to develop and to begin to spread. And so when she grabbed it, thinking it was some kind of play toy because it was a bright, pretty green, and it looked like a little ball sitting there, she plucked it up, and it just come right out of the ground. Of course, I ran after her, and she spit it out, and we put it back in the ground, but... So many times that's how we are as Christians. Man, we have an experience and we're there and we don't have time for our roots to, our roots to establish and to grow and the devil comes along and plucks us up and we just go with it. Paul says, as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow deep within him. He is the vine, we're the branches. We can't be disconnected from the vine. We have to let our roots grow deep. We have to continue to, to, to dig in. We have to stay connected. We have to reach in. And Paul urges us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. And he says this is, the true, this is truly the way to worship him. He says, give your bodies to him as a living sacrifice. He says, give your bodies to him. Give everything you have to him. Connect to him. Stay connected to him. Dig down deep within. And we have to be careful. Uh, in Colossians chapter 2, in verse 8, continuing what I read a while ago, it says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world. Rather, than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So he says, let's dig your roots down deep and don't be distracted by others. Don't let other philosophies, don't let those false teaching and those false doctrines that we read about, that he says in the last time there'll be false teachers, false doctrine. Let me tell you something. Today, you, I, we think of that as there's preachers out there that are teaching wrong. There's teachers, there, there, there's teachers and preachers that are leading us astray, but let me tell you something, it's not always a preacher and someone standing behind a pulpit. Sometimes they're standing behind a political stand. Sometimes they're standing behind a business office, and they're saying things, and we're buying it because of who they are and what they've accomplished and what they represent, and it's not right. Sometimes it's because they're on that little television in our room. Sometimes we get to watching that TV and, and that, that, that celebrity that we've kind of fallen in love with because we like their shows and they're funny and they make good movies or TV shows. And, and we start thinking, oh, they're, they're really cool. They're really good. And, and I like what they're, you know, they're, they're making movies that I like. And then they come out and they say something. And we allow their philosophy to begin to uproot us from Jesus. Sometimes, you know, I, I've said this. It really, 
when, when Oprah came out with her uh, Bible doctrine teaching, so many people fell for it because it's Oprah. You know, Oprah's been around forever. She knows what she's talking about. She's helped me through my depression. She helped me through my weight loss and weight gain and weight loss and weight gain. You know, she's helped me through all this because she, she's, she's Oprah. And when she come out, she said, I'm going to teach some Bible doctrine. I'm going to teach some Bible. And she says, there's other ways than Jesus to get to heaven. You know how many people believe that? Because it was Oprah. We didn't expect that from Oprah. But yet here's Oprah saying, there's other ways to get to heaven than Jesus. He's a good man. He's a, he is a way to get to heaven, but there's other ways to get to heaven. And people fell for that. They fell for those empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. And they were uprooted. And when they're uprooted, they're broken off from the vine. And because they begin to get broken off from the vine, they lose that connection. They lose that growth. They can't produce fruit if you're not connected to the vine. Verse 10, he says, you are also complete through your union with Christ. I made a note here about marriages. One of the reasons, and this is a big reason that marriages don't last, is because husbands and wives begin to look around for fulfillment. We know that. We understand that. You quit looking to your wife or your husband, you begin looking elsewhere for fulfillment. Your marriage is going to fall apart. But they begin to listen to empty nonsense from others. Just what he says here. They begin to feel incomplete because of what they're listening to, and their spouse no longer completes them. They begin to look around. See, that works in our relationship with Jesus, too. It's the same way. And most of you know someone who their marriage is falling apart because of their spouse. Began, somebody began to look around, and they didn't feel complete together. And so they began to look at other places for their completeness. But Paul says right here, you are complete through your union which, with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and every authority. Don't fall for the philosophies and the nonsense that others are trying to tell you about. You are complete through Jesus. You don't need anything else. That vine completes you. You have to stay embedded in that vine. You have to stay rooted in that vine because it's through that vine that you receive those life-giving nutrients and the life-giving, the, the, the breath and the, the water and everything that you need to grow. And we have to continue to stay in that because it's through that that completes us. If we're, if we're not careful, we're in danger of losing our connection because of those same reasons that husbands and wives lose their connection. You know, I think marriage is uh, 50%. That's half of all marriages end in divorce. Second marriages, it jumps up to 60-something percent. Third marriage is 70 And it just gets worse. It's harder and harder. And so that means that half of the people that get married this year will end up in divorce. And if they get married again, they have even less chance. And that's not me saying that there is no chance. I believe God can do anything. But that's simply what the statistics say. I believe, I don't know the numbers, but I believe if we saw the numbers of those who were connected to Jesus, who were part of a branch in the vine, who have disconnected because of those same reasons, it would be much greater than 50%. And we come back and we get broken and we come and every time we go back, it seems like there's a greater chance of us not staying that's why we look around and our churches are not filled up. That's why we look around and, and, and America is in the place that it is because of those philosophies and that nonsense that we're believing and listening to that's separating us from the vine. So we cannot be separated from the vine. We have to stay connected to Jesus. 
The third thing that stands out in this passage is that we bring glory to God and we can ask for our needs. This is where the main line comes in. This is the part that we love because he says in verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples and this brings great glory to my father. You see, I love that. There's so many passages in the Bible that says this very thing. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you can ask for anything in my name and, and it'll happen. Matthew 6, 30, 33, I think, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There's so many promises. We like the part where we can ask for anything and receive it. We, we forget the rest of it, though, because immediately after that, he says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and it brings glory to the Father. Amen. See, that's where Jesus is on the main line, telling what you want, because he wants you to come but so many times we, we don't feel like we need to stay connected to him until we need that. This morning, Julie and, and the worship team sang a song and she said, and she spoke just for a moment. And she said that in order to receive from the Lord, we have to empty our hands of other things. And that makes sense. Sometimes our hands are so full of everything we got in our life. Sometimes our hands are so full of our problems. We don't have a way to receive the, the blessing from God, the answer, the move of God, the miracle. Sometimes we've got to let go of some of those things. We've got to allow God to move. In Sunday school, we've been talking about uh, prayer and fasting. And prayer and fasting is, is an important part of our, 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 our life with Jesus, and you know that, our Christian walk. And we, we talked about, I said, the thing about it is, I said, we can pray and we can pray, but sometimes we get to praying and we don't give time for God to talk. Man, I'm so busy. I, I get up at this time. I go to work. I work till this time. I, I get the kids from school. I take them to this. I go to this. I go to ball game. I, I, I got to fix dinner. We got to do this. We got this meeting. We got parent-teacher conference. We got uh, to prepare for this. We got something coming up. Next thing you know, it's 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. And we got to get the kids, you know, showers because they stinketh. And that's King James Version. Lord, he stinketh. That's what they said about Lazarus. I feel that about my kids all the time. But Lord, they stinketh. Got to get them ready for bed, get them cleaned up, because the next morning we got to get up and get them ready. It starts all over, and, 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 and I try to, man, I got to squeeze in prayer, and I got to squeeze in Bible study, and I got to squeeze in some time there. Now, fortunately for me, I work at the church. So when I go to work, I can read the Bible, and I can find time to pray and come in here and pray. But for most of you, to find a few minutes a day to pray is, is not so easy. And usually when you're praying, you say, well, I worship the Lord on the way to work. I play music and I worship. Don't, don't do it with your eyes closed. I heard a guy talk about one time he pulled up behind another guy and it was at night and, and his lights were shining through the back of their car and he could see the guy in their um, worship team. If y'all look, come up and start heading up this way before I get finished and then it's too late. But he was... <laughs> His headlights were shining through their car, and he saw the guy was in there, and he was stopped at the red light, and he had his lights up, like I mean, had his hand up, and you could tell he was praying, and, and I don't, he said, I don't know what he was praying for, and all of a sudden, he put his hand on his own head. I guess he felt he needed some prayer, too, and, and so, you know, he took opportunity at that stoplight, which was just a few seconds before he had to go, but sometimes we find ourselves, and so what, I, what I'm teaching the youth is, in, in our Sunday school is fasting is simply that time of saying, I've got a 30-minute lunch. 
And rather than go and eat, I'm going to take that time and not eat and put aside my desires for food. And I'm going to spend that time with Jesus. And, you know, fasting, you know, Jesus fasted for 40 days. How many of you got 40 days you could go out in the wilderness and do nothing but pray? How many of you got 40 minutes you could just go stand outside and pray? So today our fasting means that when I have an opportunity, I may have to give up something that's just for me. Maybe my lunch break. It may be whatever. And I'm going to take that time. I'm going to say I'm setting aside lunch today and I'm going to spend that 30 minutes or that hour or whatever it is. And I'm just going to focus on the Lord. I'm going to get in my car. I'm not going to go to a restaurant. I'm, not going to go, I'm just going to go sit in the parking lot. I'm going to turn on some worship music and I'm just going to spend time. Because when I do pray, it's like this, Lord, uh, thank you for this. Lord, bless this. Lord, take care of this. Lord, I have this need. Pray, 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 pray. I got to go. When does the Lord have time to put a word into you? When do you have time to receive from the Lord? Jesus on that main line, but how often do we take time to listen to him? And that's where fasting comes in. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast this time. I could be on my phone playing a game. I could be catching up on my Snapchat or my TikTok or whatever. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what that is. But I could be on Facebook, you know. Could be just playing that game where, you know, that, that where I'm trying to put them squares together to make a circle or whatever. I don't know. But, Lord, I'm going to set that aside. Man, today we can pick up our phones and watch TV on it. But I'm going to set that aside for this 30 minutes or this hour or 10 minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast that. And I'm going to just spend time, Lord, and I'm not going to spend this whole time talking to you. I'm going to let you talk to me. Because if I don't stay connected to that vine... And I only use God as a main line, as a telephone line when I need something or when I want to just say something. Yeah, but I'm connected to him constantly. I'm never loose from him. I'm always with him. And, you know, we may not realize that it may not come into effect when we're in our normal work, when we're in our busyness of the day. But I promise you, if you take time to connect to him and dig your roots deep and stay connected and, and, and sacrifice a little bit, then when you have a need, you're not going to have to sit there and pick up and hear a dial tone or a busy signal. When you have a need and you know that need, the Holy Spirit begins to intercede for you to the Father. And through that vine, because you're connected to Jesus, that miracle, that, that healing, that deliverance, whatever it is, can begin to flow. And you don't have to worry about a main line because you're on the line with Jesus because you're connected to him. And I believe as you connect to him and you grow in him this way, then you're going to begin to produce fruit. Because this is how fruit is produced. You make a pretty flower. And from that flower grows fruit. And that pretty flower is you going to work and not spitting out those curse words in that language that you have known to before. Not telling those filthiness or that dirty jokes that maybe you've said or known before. Or maybe being lazy and hiding in the break room instead of being out there working or, or talking bad about the boss or talking about the wife all the time or whatever. But you begin to grow that beautiful flower, that Jesus flower, and others begin to see what's growing in you and they say, I want some of that. Because I'm telling you, I'm not bragging on myself, but <clears throat> I believe I've beautified my neighborhood my neighbor's putting flowers out. I've noticed we've been there four years, three years, four years. 
some of my neighbors that have never planted flowers, they've got flowers now. And I'm like, yeah, they did that because, you know, some of them put up Christmas lights that I've never seen put up Christmas lights. And not to brag on me, but I'm just saying, I promise you, some of them mowed their yard for the first time. Thank the Lord for that. But the same effect will happen on people around you as a Christian as you begin to grow and then you'll begin to produce fruit because they'll begin to latch on you and say, hey, whatever you've got, I want. You know what? I was there when your family fell apart. I was there when you was in the hospital for two weeks with COVID. I was there when your mom, your dad died. I was there and I saw you and I saw how you reacted and I saw the peace that you had and I didn't understand it. Nobody could explain it, but you had peace. And everybody else is panicked and in fear, but you had peace. How in the world did you do that? It's because I'm connected to the vine. As long as I stay connected to that vine, I'm going to have peace that passes on. God is going to be my strength and my fortune. I don't need to look to anybody else because it's right here because I'm connected to the vine. He's not just a phone call away. He's right here. And so tonight I encourage you, don't just leave Jesus on the main line. Make him your main line. As he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. And he says, as you produce fruit, you bring glory to the Father. Anything you ask for, it says, I will give it to you. I don't know about you, but I got some needs in my life. I got some things I need, not just once. There's some things I want. I want that million dollar check that I don't know who's taking Ed McMahon's place, but they're gonna bring it to me. But more importantly than that, I got some kids that need some stuff. I got kids that that, that, that I, I need to see in church. I got kids that I wanna grow up and be, I got some needs that are real life needs that I wanna see in my life. And I believe if I'm producing fruit and I'm doing everything I can, to stay connected to the vine, it will happen. Because he didn't say, oh, I'll think about it. He didn't say, maybe. That's what I tell the kids when they ask for it, maybe. Can we go to Urban Air? Maybe. <clears throat> Can we go out to eat? Maybe. We're going out to eat after church? Maybe. Jesus said, your needs will be supplied. You will be met. Whatever you ask in his name will be met. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you for your word that's so vital. Lord, it's so important and it's the truth. God, there's so many things that we can look at and we can read and we can listen to. God, that's not the truth, but we know that your word is 100% infallible word of God. It's the truth. There's not one wrong thing in it. And God, we can take a stand on it. And your word says that you're the vine, we're the branches. If we abide in you, that you will abide in us. God, you'll meet our needs. You'll answer our prayers. But God, we have to stay connected to you. Lord, I pray that that be our desire tonight, God, to stay connected to you, to never break loose from you. God, because without you, we're nothing. We can't even survive without you. Like a branch that's broken off from a tree or a plant or a vine, God, it's gonna wither up and die, Lord, and that's what happens to us if we break loose from you. And God, I pray tonight that you strengthen that bond within us. Lord, you help us to grow those roots deep so nothing can pluck us out. Because, Lord, the enemy's coming at us. Lord, he, he's throwing storms at us, the wind and the waves that toss us and, and, and bounce us back and forth. They're trying to uproot us. They're trying to disconnect us from you. But, God, I know as, as strong as we hold on, you're holding on even stronger. God, we had to make that decision. We love you tonight. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Why don't we do this tonight? Why don't we close out our service tonight? Let's find a place to pray, whether in the altar, at your seat. And let, let's just evaluate our connection to that vine. See, I, I know probably everybody in here is saved. I know probably everybody in here knows the Lord. But why don't we just spend a few moments tonight solidifying that connection, making sure that we're not just using Jesus as a main line to call him up when we need him, but we're connected to him all the time. Hallelujah. Let's pray tonight. fails me all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will see of the goodness of God Oh, my life, you have been faithful. Oh, my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest night You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, my life. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. 
thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your, your mercies and your grace tonight. Lord, they're greater than, than anything else in this world, Lord, and we praise you for that. Lord, we thank you that you are the vine. Lord, you're always there for us. Lord, you never abandon us. You never leave us, God. You never forsake us, Lord. I pray, Lord, we stay connected to you tonight. Lord, as we go into our workplaces tomorrow, as we go throughout the week, I pray, Lord, that we would stay connected to you. We'd find time, Lord, to make sure that connection is strong this week. Lord, we love you tonight. Lord, as we leave here, I pray you keep us safe on our travels home tonight, Lord. As it's storming outside, Lord, I pray you just protect us, Lord. Bring us back to your house again to worship and to celebrate you, Lord. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys for being here. Don't tell pastor we got out at 7.15. Tell him it was like 8 o'clock. So he'll... You think he's watching? He's probably not. He's probably asleep. But... <laughs>